The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We are in the midst of a new series. I'm starting off a series based upon the book Christian Healing by Charles Fillmore. So my request is, as we get started, is for you to make sure you get the book. I'm going to teach the book chapter by chapter, it's 12 chapters in this book. So this will take a little bit of time. The point being, as we cover the book week by week, what we'll do is get an overview of the basic principles of spiritual healing as taught by the co-founder of Unity, Charles Fillmore. I consider Christian healing his lessons and truth, quote unquote, book, because out of all of his books, in my opinion, it's the most fundamental. He gives you step by step his basic understanding of God, of humanity, of thinking, et cetera, et cetera. And what that does is it allows you to formulate um, how to work with spiritual principles. It might be the easiest of his books to read. Also, this book is available in many formats. You can go buy a book. There are hardcover versions out there. There are softcover versions. There are versions you can download on your uh, iTunes and or if you have an Android phone, Play Store. I've seen free PDFs online. 
I've seen websites that have, you know, have the book as a public domain book. There's no reason why you can't get this book. So again, my request, my strong request is get the book one way or another on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, in your hand. But work with the principle. So if you read ahead of me when I actually go back over it, you're now going over it two times at least. And what you're actually will be doing is allowing it to saturate your consciousness. And if you have a question, you can ask me, not that I have the answer, but maybe I could give some insight into helping you discover your own answer. So make sure that you are using uh, this format to the best of your ability. Get the material. Make sure you have what you need to have so we can rock and roll and do what we need to do. I will remind you at any point of this show, if you're listening live, you can call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489, and we can talk about your questions or your comments. So I want to put that out there. All right. So let's get right to it. I don't want to waste time. The first chapter in the book, Christian healing by Charles Fillmore is the true character of being. And he calls it lesson one instead of chapter one. And I like that because he considers each chapter a lesson, the true character of being. So, um, this chapter is basically the co-founder of unity's understanding of God and to use it as a generic term, the science of mind, capital M I N D meaning God is divine mind, the true character of being and how divine mind works through individual consciousness or what we would call mind little M. So in the first paragraph, he quotes the book of Job. There is a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty giveth them understanding. So he's starting it off by by letting people know that there's a there's a activity, there's a spirit, there's an intelligence, there's something within humanity. He call, that Job calls the breath of the Almighty that gives people understanding when it comes to spiritual things. Now remember. The Apostle Paul wrote, spiritual things must be spiritually discerned. Spiritual things must be spiritually discerned. There are going to be some things that you don't or won't grasp based upon uh, your and our conditioned intellectual structure. In other words, does this make sense based upon what the five sense man or the five senses of humanity tell me is possible? What Charles and Myrtle Fillmore tried to do with unity, and I think this was the basis of the majority of the people in the early New Thought, was to connect people to the innate logic of spiritual principle, that this isn't uh, a fairy tale wishing that this isn't um, blind faith, that this isn't um, 
you know, hope and trust of, you know, you, you, you know, you close your eyes, you throw the ball and you hope you hit your target. No, that there's an innate logic behind what is being said and taught. And if we follow these, the logic, which is based upon the spiritual principle, which doesn't change, then the spiritual principle gives like results. As H. Emily Cady says, um, a triangle is always two right angles. It doesn't make a difference where you write it. If you never write it, if you build it, what size you build, it doesn't make a difference. It's always the same because it's based upon a principle. So the book goes on to say, the science that is set here, excuse me, the science that is here set forth is founded upon spirit. Now, one of the things that the early New Thought people uh, like to do is say or teach that their philosophy or theology was a science. Science in the sense that it's demonstrable. In other words, it can be demonstrated. The proof of science is what they can uh, manifest, what they can demonstrate consistently. In other words, they they put themselves to a rigorous process of making sure that if they do these particular things, they'll get these common results. And if I do it, I'll get the same result. And if you do it in Houston, you'll get the same result. And somebody else does it in Japan, they'll get the same result. That's demonstrable. You can say that's based upon some level of principle, some level of law. Well, what the early New Thought people did was they said that there was a science of mind. There was a science of Christ. There was a science of God. And they used that term, and it's in a lot of our language. Uh, the early metaphysicians used the term Christian science, uh, not just Mary Baker Eddy. Matter of fact, there's there are writings out now that prove that Phineas P. Quimby, who's considered the founder of New Thought, actually used the term Christian science before Mary Baker Eddy. Mary Baker Eddy obviously trademarked the term. But in the early New Thought days, they called it Christian science. They called it mind science. They called it mental science. They had all of these different terms that they used with science. Ernest Holmes started a church called Religious Science, now called Centers for Spiritual Living. But the idea behind the, behind it is there's an innate logic that's demonstrable. All right, now, but he goes on to say, it does not always conform to intellectual standards, but it is nevertheless scientific. All right. Next paragraph. Oh, let me not skip this because this is too powerful in the first paragraph. The facts of spirit are of a spiritual character, and when understood in their right relation, they are orderly. Orderliness is law and is the test of true science. So when we practice the science of mind, this mental science, this new thought, working with spiritual principles that govern the universe, what one of the things that we can tell or we can look for is how things start to get in order in our experience because an orderly mind will show up as orderly experiences. That doesn't mean that you won't ever encounter any chaos, but that doesn't mean that you have to be chaotic. And when you enter the atmosphere of a space, your consciousness starts to shift it because 
your consciousness of order, which is in alignment with spiritual principle, creates order in your space. If you are not adding to the order in your space, then you are not. Or let me let me I'm, I need to pull that back. If you are not. <laughs> I'm mindful of how I say things. If you are not helping the order in your space, then take time to get clear in your own mind the truth about God, the truth about you, the truth about others, and the truth about the situation. And that consciousness helps to uh, subversively change what's going on in your experience. If you're not in order, you can't expect your situations to be in order. A, a, a cluttered, junky mind will show up as cluttered, junky experiences. Back to the book. He goes on to say, uh, in the second chapter, second sentence, the only real science is the science of spirit. It never changes. Now, here's the key. What we can prove and demonstrate might evolve, but the principle is, God's work is done in the sense of, of of working with the divine ideas of good. Reverend Coleman used to have a statement, uh, Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, the founder of Christ Universal Temple and the Universal Foundation for a Better Living, used to always tell us, God has already done all there is to do. God has already done all there is to do. And I would just listen to that term over and over again. God has already done all there is to do. God's creation is perfect and finished. As an individual soul, my job, your job, our job is to understand God's perfect creation as it relates to us and the world. So there's always enough life, enough prosperity, enough peace, enough understanding, because God's work is perfect. We don't have to ask God to change our bodies as much as we realize God's perfect work already done, which transforms, which transmutes, which changes the expression of God's idea. Our consciousness adulterates. In other words, uh, we you know the way they said it, adulterates the perfection and it shows up in form as our mixed states of consciousness demonstrating as body, life, world, and affairs. But God has already done all there is to do. Well, God, give me more faith. You can't have more faith. God, give me more love. You can't have more love than the, than the grace that that supports and sustains the entire universe. But what, what are you willing to accept? What are you willing to work with? What are you willing to do? What are you willing, willing to allow to express through you? All right. The fourth paragraph states, So let it be understood that we're teaching the science of spirit and that those who are receptive to the teachings will be inspired to spiritual consciousness. In other words, there are times when maybe a message like this might not necessarily uh, 
you might not necessarily be ready for it. But keep working with it. You don't have to have, you know, your eyes wide open to to work with this. But you need to at least have a receptivity to it. Because part of it is accepting responsibility of what it means to be an awakened soul. And maybe not awakened, but at least awakening. I'm waking up now, God, and I'm seeing life differently. Back to the book. It states, it is not difficult to accomplish this receiving the breath or inspiration of spirit. We are all inspired by spirit in certain states of consciousness. Understanding of the laws governing the realm of spirit will make it possible to attain this consciousness and to receive this inspiration whenever requir- whenever requirements are met. So as we evolve in consciousness, as we do our inner work, as I like to say, what ends up happening is we start to get an understanding of the laws that govern the realm of spirit. See, we're threefold beings, spirit, soul, body. So we need to understand not only how the body works, the body has certain rules. We got to eat. We have to sleep. We have to uh, exercise. Um, you know, it's certain things that go along with taking care of the body. Keep it warm. Uh, keep it, you know, don't let it get too hot, et cetera, et cetera. It's all type of physical rules. Then there's rules of mental health. How do we think and how do we feel and how do we uh, believe, believe and et cetera. And we need to understand that. But we also need to understand our spiritual nature, how through the mind, through the soul, through the awareness, through the consciousness, we work in alignment with the laws that govern the realm of spirit. Do I have a clue about what it means to be a spiritual being? Really, not what. Someone else has told me, or even what I've read in this book, but actually doing the inner work. So we start to really feel the breath or the inspiration of spirit. So because in the first chapter of Genesis, it says the spirit of the God of God moved upon the face of the water, the wind of God, the Ruach, that's the inspiration and it talks about in, in the second chapter that the Lord God breathed into man's nostrils. Nostrils. This is the inspiration. This is the activity of spirit. Not talking about a form with a body and all of that type of stuff because it's an allegory. But the point of it is telling us that the, the spirit inspires the soul, the breath of God, the inspiration of God, the intelligence of God, the healing life of God, the love of God, the prosperity of God. This inspiration of spirit can come to us in certain states of consciousness. This is why we do our inner work. And it's really important that we understand that. Now, we're coming up close to our first break, and I want to give anyone who wants to Call in an opportunity to call. The number is 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. And make sure that if you have a question, call in. I also want to remind you that this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So if you have freely received, please freely give. If you're listening to this later via iTunes or Stitcher, or on the website later, or somebody put a link on a social media or emailed it to you, you can go to www.unity.fm, www.unity.fm, and click on the donate button and help spread this message around the world. 
Uh, we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Chris Michaels, host of Healing Your Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on Earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're in the midst of teaching now the first chapter of the book Christian Healing by Charles Fillmore. And I'm not going to teach page after page because I want to get to the main uh, crux of the of the book. But on pages eight and nine, I would like you to read just because he's given the mental argument about the logic of spirit. And I'm not going to get into that in great detail. Um, if you can find the book because it's out of print now. Um, it's called the Central Charles Fillmore, and it's a chapter in it, unedited, of his um, uh, uh, 
lesson titled, it's a chapter titled, The Honest Logic and Pure Reason of Practical Christianity, unedited. And I think it's one of the best arguments for new thought I've ever read. So if you have an opportunity, make sure you get it. It's called The Central Charles Fillmore. Part of the, that chapter is in the book Dynamics for Living, but it's not, uh, it's not a, the unedited version. And I would want you to get it as Charles Fillmore wrote it. Anyway, let's go to page 10. All right. He says, uh, talking about the logical spirit, this is not blind belief. It is in the superconsciousness, acquiesce in the logic of being. The superconsciousness is man's only sure guide in the maze of the creative process. So as you start doing your inner work, you start to get in contact with this higher level of awareness, what he calls a superconscious, uh, superconsciousness or superconscious mind that uh, guides us through our spiritual um, awakening. Because again, God's work is already done. God, God has done all there is to do. But as we awaken to the levels of what this means, what does it mean to be a spiritual being showing up here in form? It guides us through this process. He says, going on, spirituality may be cultivated in the same chapter. Spirituality may be cultivated by and the th- deep things of God may be revealed to anyone who will mentally mentally proclaim and affirm the logical perception of the goodness and truth of being. So when we start to proclaim and affirm the goodness of God and the goodness of creation, what we start to do is penetrate that thought starts to penetrate the gross human consciousness. When I say gross, I don't mean nasty. I mean, thick uh, conditioned way of thinking that, um, that keeps us from seeing clearly the things of God, the things of spirit, you know, you know, you know, we, we, we see many times, um, with glasses that are quite rose colored, colored toward the human conditioning. And as we start to do our inner work and work as through studying, through prayer, through meditation, through affirmation, through visualizing, through visioning, through practice, we start to see more and more clearly. Now, the book goes on to say, the next paragraph, the central proposition in the inspiration of spirit is that God or primal cause is good. That this is where new thought hangs its hat. The belief that God is good or the essential character of God is absolute good or God's will for all of God's creation is absolute good. Now, that premise, that proposition basically states that when we see things that show up um, that are expressing is not so good, we say that that is not a direct representation of the goodness of God. You know, in ancient days, they blamed everything on God. You know, you know, people had 
horrible experiences as well as good experiences. They call that God. In insurance policies, when they ha- they have written into many of them acts of God, and acts of God are never like good things. It's like you know, if if you if there's a tornado, if there's a massive flood, if there you know uh, you know anything that's considered destructive, volcanoes, etc. They consider those acts of God. Where I would say those are acts of nature. I wouldn't say that they're acts of the primal cause or first cause or the uncaused cause that we call God. God's nature, as we teach in New Thought, is absolute good. And what we see showing up in form in the violence and the crime and the drama and the trauma of life is our thinking showing up as form. In other words, our duality thinking, our thinking in good and evil, right and wrong, uh, our judgments, our prejudices, our racisms, our egos, our greed, uh, our jealousies, our fear, fear, which is like the parent from, for the negative stuff, uh, us, this sense of separation that expresses as all these things that are not harmonious, all of these things that show up as destructive, but there's something within the soul of people that knows that it's wrong, that it's something wrong with seeing this, these destructive uh, beliefs played out in the world. It's something innate in people that wants peace. There's something innate in people that want love. There's something innate in people that want security. There's something innate in people that want prosperity. There's something innate with people that want harmony. And it doesn't make a difference what age, what race, what economic class. There's certain fundamentals that all people want Now, they could be so caught up in their other stuff that they might go about a wrong way of getting it. Or they might be so caught up in their religious beliefs or their philosophical beliefs or their ideology or their racism or their prejudice or whatever or their political stance that that they'll go about trying to get their warped view of what they believe that is. In other words, the reason why we don't have peace is because of the black people or the white people or the Jewish people or the Arab people or the whatever. Without getting back to primal cause, let me understand God first. Then let me understand who I am in God. Then let me see what my who my brother and sisters are in God. See, we have to start with the primary principle. God's nature is absolute good. Even if what's showing up in my experience right now is not what I would call the best experience. I'm going to affirm good and I'm going to say like Joseph told his brothers after he was sold in slavery. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. All right, let's move on. All right, page 11. Because there's so much stuff in here in this book. Uh, the 10th paragraph, the father within you, so loving and fam- familiar, familiarly 
revealed by Jesus is not a, a distant, far away, in a distant, far away place called heaven. His abode is in the spiritual realm that underlie all creative forces. We would call that omnipresence. Everywhere equally present. But are we aware of it? As Jesus realized and taught, the kingdom of God is within you. Spirit is the seat of power. Its abode is on the invisible side of man's nature. So if we want to work with spiritual things, we have to be in contact with our spiritual selves. All right. All right. Twelfth paragraph on page 11. The power that creates and sustains the universe includes in its activity the creating and sustaining of man. So just because we are here, there's an activity, there's an intelligence, there's a supply for us if we get in tune. And I, I say that that shows up in your gifts. That shows up in purpose. That shows up in mission. So if I'm living my purpose and I'm using my gifts to fulfill that purpose as a mission, that in that process, I meet my guidance, I meet my supply, I meet my ability to overcome. But am I on purpose? All right. Page... 13. He goes on to say, and again, it's a lot in this book. Oh, wait a minute. I got to go to page 12 first in the 13th paragraph. Where he quotes Paul when he says, you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you. Simply means that God dwells in us as our mind dwells in our body. Thus, we see that God creates and moves creation through the power of mind. The vehicle of mind are thoughts, and it is through our mind and thought action that we shall find God and do his will. Now, this is key. God creates and moves creation through the power of mind or consciousness or awareness in the sense of God working as individual you expresses the wholeness of creation through the power of mind. I really want this to land. See, every idea of good is already possible. But there has to be a mind or minds ready to work and receive it. The intelligence to create an iPhone was available for centuries. But humanity wasn't in a place to be able to accept that means of communication you know so when i was a little boy and my grandmother was making me remember the her phone number without an area code and the first three letters of not numbers were letters that you dialed the number were based upon my grandparents last name so the name, you know, my grandparents' uh, names were uh, Stewart. So the first three uh, numbers were letters, ST3, ST, and then whatever. The, you start naming the numbers from there. Uh, the point that I make is I'm sure that if there were 
if there was a, if there were minds available and open to the idea, it could have been possible that what we call mobile devices could have been built then. But there was no consciousness for it. So the creation and the and more importantly, the creation of your good, the creation of your health, the creation of your prosperity, the creation of your well-being, the creation of your dream had, that God does for you works through you, through your mind. And it says the vehicle of mind, the vehicles of mind are thoughts. And it's through our mind and thought action that we shall find God or good and do his will. So are my thoughts in alignment with the truth of who I am in God? Are my thoughts in alignment with the truth about God that will allow me to see past problems and see opportunities, see past drama and trauma and see possibilities, see past my mistakes and see my potential. Because the vehicle or the vehicles of mind are thoughts. All right. He goes on to say in the next paragraph in the second sentence, man has the ability to discern and understand the various factors entering into the creative processes of mind. And he is through the study of mental laws, perceiving and accepting the science of ideas, thoughts and words. We're starting to understand what makes us tick. So this is why the self-help movement and the um, and me in the human potential movements and the spiritual spirituality movements and the yogas and all this other stuff is coming up out of from everywhere. Even the uh, fundamentalist brothers in various religions, the mystical components are showing up. The spiritual principles components are showing up and even what they're doing because people are starting to discern the science of ideas, thoughts, and words. Because if you want to demonstrate the truth of God, you have to understand how to work with ideas, thoughts, and words. If you want preferred demonstrations, you have to learn the science of working with ideas, thoughts, and words. All right. He says on the top of page 13, man is mind and he is capable of comprehending the plan and the detailed ideas of the supreme mind. Why? Because we're the image and likeness of that mind. So man is mind and capable of comprehending, meaning man, meaning humanity. Capable of comprehending the plan. I love that. Capable of comprehending the plan. God has a plan? Hmm. Capable of comprehending the plan. This is why we say in the, in the Universal Foundation for Better Living that we believe that it is God's will that every individual on the face of this earth should live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. We believe it's God's will to every individual. 
should have that experience as a part of God's intent. Now, does that mean that God, you know, writes it all out, quote unquote, metaphorically ahead of time? No. What that saying is the the potential and the possibility of expressing health, happiness, love, and peace and joy in your individual life is wrapped up in your spiritual nature that we call the Christ. And when you start to unfold the Christ, it shows up as the expression of the innate plan for you to live life. Hear me, hear me, live life in a way that you understand to be healthy, happy, and prosperous. Your idea might be different than mine. So we're coming up on our last break. So we'll be right back with truth transforms without a doubt. Well, I thought we were going to go to our break right now. But it doesn't look like we're going, so I apologize for that. So we're going to keep going forward. Um, um, Seeing that we're not ready to take that break, I apologize for that process. Anyway, so we're going to keep going forward. The book says again on page 13 that Divine ideas are man's inheritance. They are pregnant with all possibility because ideas are the foundation and cause of all that man desires. So when someone says you have an inheritance in God, know what that inheritance is. The inheritance that you receive are only wrapped up in what we call divine ideas, the potential to express the good that we call God. So God's ideas of good are here and ready for you. He says they are pregnant with all possibility because ideas are the foundation. Hear me. The ideas are the foundation and cause of all that man desires. So you might want more money, but the idea is substance. You might want more, uh, you know, relational harmony, but the idea is love. It also might be wisdom. You want more health, but the idea is life. Using that, those are examples. All right. You might want to achieve your goals and live your dream. You might need to be working with power, which is authority and dominion. You know. These are the things that we need to be mindful of. So, the book goes on to say, all the ideas.
contained in the one father mind are at the mental command of its offspring. So instead of waiting for God to do something, command the ideas to be what you need them to be in your experience. Literally, I mean, like literally command. How do you command? Through speaking the word. That's why we affirm. That's why we declare. That's why we visualize. That's why we vision. And I realize that there's a there's an active and passive aspect to new thought. The active aspect is formative thought. Get the proper feeling so you can have a realization or the mental equivalent. The speaking the word. The visualizing. That's active. The passive part is the meditation, the visioning, the sitting in the silence, the listening for the inspiration, the being one in the moment. Be still and know that I am God. One is not more important than the other. They're both needed to work itself out. We need to be mindful of that. Both are needed. Not some, both. Now, here's the thing. There are times when you need to be active and expressing the power that's within you. And there's times to be still until you're, you, but when you are working and trying to stir it up, my suggestion, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. My suggestion is, get still and get centered and then start to proclaim the truth about who you are. Start speaking the word, start studying the truth about God, start doing the active work, which will allow you to have a certain level of discipline with your mind. So you can do the passive work better. This is why you start talking to people about, Oh, let's just go, you know, do new thought, do whatever, learn these principles. Let's go sit somewhere and meditate for 30 minutes. It look like it look at you like you're crazy because the mental discipline needed to do that is not there. So we're now ready for our last break. So we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. 
Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. If you have a question, again, you can call me at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Back to the book, page 13 talking about having the command of ideas that the in the father mind, all the ideas are at the mental command of his offspring. So the divine ideas of God are your birthright and understand that. All right. It says with the understanding of the potentiality of primal cause, we find it a simple matter to work the problem of life. The key to the situation being ideas. He gives an example that I just gave. Thus, life in, in, in expression is activity, and in being or God is an idea of activity. To make life appear on the visible plane, we have to but open our mind and our thoughts to the divine idea of life and activity, and lo, all visibility is obedient to us. It is through this understanding and its cultivation in various degrees. Then he goes about raising dead bodies, etc. Now, Fillmore was a, a physical immortalist. So you'll see a lot of that in his writings at times where he talks about the possibility of transcending what we call the human limitation of form. In other words, I can spiritualize my body to the point that it won't die and I take it away with me to whatever that means. I'm not here to argue that point here and there. What I'm here to say is if a mind through prayer, through visualization, through meditation, through affirming, through treatment, whatever term you want to use, what we call sick cells turn into healthy cells. Disease is removed. And what we and, and if it's ever happened for anybody in the history of mankind, it's possible for everybody if we understand the principle behind it. So when a person goes to a test and the test is saying they have this disease and they do the work and the disease is not there when they do the test again, then the question needs to be asked, okay, what were the steps? What were the principles? Now, here's the thing about mental science. There's the principle, then there's the application. And many times while people are applying it, they really don't realize what they're actually doing, how, you know, because what, one of the things you can't measure is conviction. You can't measure the level of feeling, the, ment- the, the level of mental acceptance. You can't measure the level of clarity. So you give the principle, and then the principle is utilized by individual souls to the degree of their understanding, 
and willingness and openness to it. So I might be dogged and determined to no matter what. I'm getting past this thing and I'm going to get my health. I'm going to get my money. I'm going to get my peace of mind. I'm going to get my whatever. And a person might have another person might have a greater education or uh, 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 raising a better environment as uh, far as, you know, economics and safety and, and, you know, opportunity. But they just don't have that hunger in the, that I have in my belly. You know, the, the I got to have it hunger. The I got to have it. And because of that, I could transcend what somebody else who had better opportunities than me is doing because I, we're working with the same laws of mind. But my clarity, my conviction, my fire is stronger. My ability to accept what's possible for me. And you can do the same because we're all working with the same stuff. Everybody is primarily working with the same stuff of mind. And what? Did, why does one person work it and it's you know, prosperity and peace, love, joy and all that. And then somebody else doesn't sometimes growing up in the same home because you can't measure where somebody else is in consciousness. The principle is two plus two is all the time. All right. Back to the book. All right. All right. So we're getting close to the end of this chapter and he talks about several things about making sure that we do our meditation work that we always start from the premise of one mind that we recognize the truth about God and how Jesus taught it etc etc on page 16 he makes a statement that I think is really powerful Uh, He says, the ability of the individual mind to combine the ideas of divine mind in consciousness, in a consciousness of its own, makes us each the only begotten son, a particular special creation. So as we start to work with the ideas, we can create our own unique expressions of life. No two individuals in all the universe are exactly alike because there's always diversity in the ideas appropriated by each individual from divine mind. That makes us unique. Then he states a very, very strong statement about God. The the truth is then that God is principle, law, being, mind, spirit, all good, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, unchangeable, creator, Father, cause, and source of all that is. That is a powerful affirmation. Even if you just pray that daily, several times a day. God is principle, law, being, mind, spirit, all good, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, unchangeable, creator, father, cause, and source of all that is. Well, add the words you like. And he says on underneath that, he says that mind has ideas and that ideas have expression, that all manifestation in our world is the result of the ideas that we are holding in mind and are expressing. So he gives us affirmations on page 17 that I'm going to ask you to pick 
three and work with until the next uh, show next week. Work with them. Statements for the realization of divine mind. Find what works. Work with it for yourself and see how you're starting to build a new structure in consciousness so you can have a new way of living, a new way of being, and a new way of expressing God as health in your life world and affairs. Thank you. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, the Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Reverend Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous, for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio.
the voice of an awakening world. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.